I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode is with... The Multi Amory Podcast, and they are part of our podcast network. Our podcast network, everyone, if you didn't know, is called Pleasure Podcast. It is was created by Cam from Sex Talk with My Mom. He's also a clown and a mime. And he I've talk- never seen him do either of those things. If you go to his Instagram, I'm pretty sure you can see it. He's oh. a clown and a mime who talks about sex with his mom on And he there. went to Stanford. He's a special guy. I love yes. him to death. <laughs> um, and so Jace, Dedeker, and Emily, uh, the host of the Multi Amory Podcast, and uh, you'll learn much more about what they are talking about, and, and they have a whole podcast on this topic, but it's about mostly non-monogamy, so um, non-monogamy, polyamory, open relationships, and it also applies to monogamy, and you'll actually, actually, no, I'm editing that part out. There's a moment in there in April, and I have like a relational uh, feud on air, <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. They're yeah. like, you need to listen to the multi-amory yeah. podcast. Yeah, so whether you're in an open relationship or a monogamous relationship, this will have tips and tools for you. So stay tuned and learn just as we did. And if I forget to edit out the feud, you'll be really entertained, but I'm pretty sure I'm cutting it out. <laughs> oh, God, we're funny. Um, some announcements. So does everyone, because I know you listen to every episode. Uh, April, you said you listened to this episode twice, didn't you? Episode 254. Oh, the Layla Martin one? Yeah. Well, it was really entertaining, and there were some pieces in there that I wanted to revisit, so I listened to it twice. She's just fun to listen to. She's entertaining as fuck. She says things that I feel really comfortable listening to her talk about, like her experiences in Thailand and and, and with her, her jaw click because she did too many drugs. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, you're funny. You're like, I relate to you. Yeah. So she was on episode 254, How to Have Mind-Blowing Sex, and she will be coming back on our show quarterly. She's an amazing, like top-notch educator. So if you ever want to learn about sex, go learn from her. And she's offering her Vita Sacred Sexuality Program that's coming out. I think it starts January 25th. Uh, it might even be waitlisted, but it's a way to become your most activated sexual self. And I know for a lot of folks, they're like, sacred sexuality, oh, Om Shanti, what's that? And I just want to say, she makes it really approachable for everyone. Like, honestly, some of the best sex is that connected sex. And there's, that's just what sacred sex th- is. And there's nothing really woo about her. In, no. And I think she's so real. They call it sacred maybe because it's just so special. Yeah. And I love me some wooey folks. And I think that she just does a really great blend of all the world. So um, if you re- want to go learn from a master, go check that out. We have a link in our show notes. Go click on that. Um, the program's starting soon. So get it while you can. April, are you ready mm, for a sex question? I am. Let's do it. I've been single for a little over a year and I've been casually dating. I have never really been into masturbating be- because I feel I can never get my full satisfaction. And these days, some guys can't even reach the goal. I'm 27 and have a high sex drive. And instead of meeting up with Tinder dates, I'd like to try to be able to get myself off. I have vibrators, but I don't really know how to use them. Can you please help me and even recommend some products? It's a couple questions in one question. 
I'm curious as to how, meaning you think that they would, when they talk about not understanding how to use vibrators, just where to put them on their body or. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. That's confusing to me because I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, but it's not the first time I've heard that question from people. Me neither. And, that's yeah. why I'm like, wait, maybe I need to understand what because I get a cock ring or something, right? If you're yeah. if you don't you're like, what do I do with this? Right, but with my with my magic wand or some of those products that are external, I'm like it's pretty obvious. You just put them where you especially want, especially when it's like a bigger round thing that's going to hit all the right spots, anyways. Yeah, but yeah, so um, and even with the magic wand, Betty Dodson used to teach people how to use it in a different way than they were used to, to like not get the orgasm right away. And then when you got Rest the in orgasm, power, Betty Dodson. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, so yeah, I guess we can go with that part of the question first, right? Yeah. So you have you have vibrators, you don't really know how to use them. So we have so many, God, how many episodes have we done on sex toys, April? We, it's like, mold, I mean, that's really so many. my expertise. Your expertise is um, that and so much more. I, we talk about sex toys all the time. We've done full episodes on them, especially around the holidays. We go and talk about sex toys. If you just sex put toy sex toys into the search bar on our website, yeah. it'll probably pop up with all of the the episodes we've done. So yeah. you can sort of explore. We don't really do how to's. Per se, we well, can talk a little bit about how to use it, but not as much because not from the beginner perspective necessarily. Um, so I guess that would be you have vibrators. We don't, so we would need more information because we don't know what kind of vibrator you have to tell you how to use them. Generally speaking, there's going to be vibrators that are for external stimulation, vibrators for internal stimulation, and then vibrators that do both. Um, if it's external, then it's generally designed to be used on or around the clitoris. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the products by Satisfire. Um, it, they are a suctioning technology that really gets my clit happy and I can have multiple orgasms. Uh, April loves the magic wand, don't you? That that nemesis baseball bat. Yeah, and this plug-in one is still... Still your jam. <laughs> I can't, I don't understand why. It has two settings, low and high. So it's very user-friendly if you Which don't want you 200 different vibration settings. Uh, it just depends, both. Yeah. Uh, but Because I love the fact that there's so much versatility with sex toys these days, but also sometimes I just need low and yeah. high and off. Maybe, I feel like today you would need high because you're a little tired. I'm just going to get my period, so oh. I'm just like, meh. Yeah. Hey, does Baton help you with your periods? This is a side check. We'll come back to the question. It depends but. if I have if I have cramps. Sometimes it does. If I have like any menstru menstrual cramps, it'll help. Uh, but it, I'm not usually feeling super sexual when I'm going to get my I feel puffy and, yeah. and water like logged down. It's not very fun. I'm not very like fun April today. I'm kind of like, meh. She's meh, April. And we're going to let her be meh. that. Um, so if you want to check out some of these toys, you can go to purepleasureshop.com. We use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX. You get 15% off. Uh, then also, so there's toys that are just internal. But I want to talk about the hot octopus curve because it looks like it's just like an internal toy um, because it has a curve for the G-spot. But it has a second motor that's even more powerful on the base for the vaginal opening in the clitoris because that's where most of your nerve endings are. So for this person who doesn't really know what they like, I would say really focus the energy around where where the majority of your nerve endings are, and that is around your clitoris. You could also, and I'm never, neither of us ever suggest watching porn for education, but there are, you can actually look at porn that's um, on the interweb, obviously, that have people OMG, using yes. an OMGS. Oh yeah, they just released. Season three. How did we know? This because the season just came out. Yeah. So finally, that's a good point. So OMGS season three is internal and external use of toys. Yeah, it's perfect. We'll show you how to use oh, them. Oh my yeah. God. 
so we don't even need we to answer so- this question. OMGS.com slash shameless. And it will show you how to use all these stories. Sorry, they just released it like they, a week ago. So. Seriously, so that's not that. We yeah. were just automated to yeah. what we had. Su- that's perfect. That is a perfect suggestion. Assuming yeah. this is a Volvo owner. Yeah, you know? I believe it's a Volvo oh, owner, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to just comment on this other piece there about how these the guys can't even help you reach your goal mm. of orgasm. And... Um, and I'm just, and also you're not into masturbating because you can't get your full satisfaction. Uh, my, I, my take on that is that you have some self discovery to do still. If you're expecting the guy to get you off, but you actually aren't advocating for what you like or don't know what you like, and I'm just making assumptions. Maybe you are doing those things. Um, y- it might be something that you want to go discover. Like go, go have a good masturbation session or five. Learn what you like so you can share it with them. And because it, it's not on them to be psychic, right? It's it's on you to share with them what what you like, and then they can help you reach that goal. And then with masturbation, you might not be hitting that full satisfaction level because you maybe just haven't practiced enough to figure out what you like. And OMGS, again, has a lot of options. Even season one and season two are just about hands. So, yeah, go check it out. Good luck to you. Booyah. That's a good suggestion right there. Booyah. Okay, so before a bio, I want to plug uh, another event that is coming up. So it's an online shameless sex speed dating event. Hmm. <laughs> it's weird to say it that way. Um, so it is February 11th. That's a Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And this is for shameless sex fans and listeners who want to connect and maybe flirt with some other sh- shameless sex fans and listeners. I will be hosting it so you can hang out and meet me online, of course. Um, and then my co-host is my friend Julia. And she's actually going to be doing this portion where she reads your charts and you can actually incorporate that into the speed dating. That's um, astrological charts, people. Yes, by the way, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that clarification. Um, and if you don't want, you're not into that then it's just going to be a fun event to connect with other people and pre-valentine's day because you know that can be an edgy one especially if you're single uh to sign up go to purepleasureshop.com you can go to the sex education link or click that link and uh that will have the sign up there and just you know it's for folks between the ages of 20 to 42 um and this is for penis owners and vulva owners and vulva owners and penis owners what if you're 42 and a half i know you you come you go ahead and come if you're 43 and you want to lie go ahead and come too (laughs) so but and I know we don't want so random I know well but like yeah there's we there's I don't want to waste time on why we decide this and we don't want to be uh, we didn't. We want. Don't want it. To, we do want to be inclusive. You don't want to ex- exclude anyone. Yeah, but per we. Se. The issue is that it's kind of hard to keep it really broad and open. And so, if this goes well, we'll do other versions of it for other, um, you know, uh, for maybe some queer folks or all ages or other ages. So yeah, we're gonna play with it. Okay. Are you ready for a bio? Yeah, give me that. Cool bio. Jace, Dedeker, and Emily created the Multi-Amory Podcast in 2014 because they were tired of the same old toxic dating advice. They offer new ideas and advice for multiple forms of love, everything from conscious monogamy to ethical polyamory and radical relationship anarchy. They combine the knowledge from their years of personal experience and the best information available and present it in a way that's entertaining, thought-provoking, and easy to apply to your relationships. To learn more, visit multiamory.com. And it's showtime. I love podcasts and have for a very long time. And when, after the three of us had all met, uh, Emily and I had been together previously in a monogamous relationship, had opened up our relationship, and then a while after that, met Dedeker, and uh, I started dating her. Emily was dating Dedeker's other partner, so we all kind of met each other that way. It was a little quad but, at first. It sounds fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, it was for, until for it wasn't. Seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was longer right. than 30 seconds, <laughs> but Quads are, it I don't ended know fairly if, spectacularly. If, yeah, I don't know if your audience <laughs> knows this, but in the non-monogamous community, quads have a little bit of a reputation for being notoriously unstable. Oh, really? I mean, people will definitely fight me on that statement, but... It's it's a little bit of a, a known quantity. A square is not as strong as a triangle. As a triangle, or as so, but, or as a okay. multi-linking, you know, molecule chain. Yes. So when you're mm. saying when you're saying quads, that you're saying these are four humans, they're not two couples coming together, or could be. It could be. Okay. Uh, there could be a quad like that. Yeah. In our instance, you know, it started out the. Emily and Jace were in a were living together in a non-monogamous relationship. I was also living together with my other partner in a non-monogamous relationship. And then Emily and my partner connected. And that's how Jace and I connected. And so it it wasn't like which what we see with a lot of people who are maybe um, in the swinger community of couples seeking other couples to play with or to connect with or be friends with or stuff like that. It was a little bit more a bunch of us meeting on an individual level and then kind of gelling to create a little bit of a quad structure. Right. So then I said, Hey y'all, uh, <laughs> there's, there's only one podcast out there about polyamory, which was polyamory weekly. Shout out to them for that podcast has been going Woo! for like 15, 17 years. I don't, I don't yeah, even know. It's, at amazing. Least. it's uh, really amazing. But, yeah. They were the only other one at the time, and they were kind of from this different generation of polyamorous people than we were. And we we're like, hey, we're young and cool, or so we thought. And so we we're like, why don't we make a podcast about this? And, uh, and then we did. And here we are. End of story. Done. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, and how and long? The podcast is over. And, yeah. and <laughs> mic drop. How long has your podcast been out? Since 2014, well, we started, specifically uh, August. Yeah, August okay. of 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and why, so, th so there's polyamory, there's open relationships. Why multi-amory? Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell that story, Jace? It's not, it's not necessarily a super exciting story. This wasn't in the questions we sent you. <laughs> it's Really, it's just that there's this meme that floats around every year or so in the polyamory world, which is someone saying polyamory is wrong is the headline and then they say it should be polyphilia or multi-amory but mixing latin and greek roots is wrong that's the joke i'm like so over it now yeah someone years sends it to hearing each of us literally on a yearly basis now. okay <laughs> <laughs> can't get rid but, of it sorry yeah right but so we uh, you know, looked it up and I was like, well, multi-amory sounds a lot nicer than polyphilia. So let's Ooh. go with that one. And the domain was available. So we're like, Way better. yep, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And then since then, we've kind of expanded multi-amory to kind of be our own word, meaning multiple types of relationships, not just romantic relationships with multiple people. Because our podcast is about more than just polyamory. Mm. So are any of you dating each other now? Yeah, yes. Jason and I are... are quote unquote together i guess what quote unquote really? really? <laughs> does that mean how are you doing this a, well yeah. because i also i also have a partner who lives in australia currently uh, so yeah so jason and i have been together for eight years now yeah, eight almost years. Yeah. almost eight years alex and i have been together for almost six years i i am relatively location independent in my work and so for the last five-ish six-ish years or so i kind of split time between, you know, the West Coast and Asia, essentially, sometimes living with Jason, sometimes living with Alex, and sometimes, if I'm lucky, getting some time to myself 
as well in the midst of all that. Okay. I like Emily, you said you're also, are you in a relationship? I am. Yeah. My partner is downstairs playing Subnautica, but I, yeah. And I live with him. I've been with him (laughs) for seven years and I met him when I was still in a relationship with Jace and Dedeker and the other guy. But yeah, then eventually over time, all of us kind of parted ways except for Jason Dedeker. And I uh, have stayed in a relationship with Josh, my partner for seven years. So I'm in a monogamous relationship with him, but the two of them are still practicing polyamory. I love this because this is something that we've never had access to on our show, which is we've talked with folks that are, uh, I want to say experts in a light way, but they've had experience with polyamory or multiamory or uh, the um, other term, the Greek term that we're trying to lose here. So <laughs> we'll lose that now. We will not talk um, about so, that term. No. <laughs> never to be named. So y- y'all are your triad and you continue to work together. And I, I love, I love that. And your podcast is actually, uh, you're all intellectually very, I mean, you're just smart humans. You're oh, intellectually you. charged. I always learn something from you whenever we have our little podcast hangout dates of our, our podcast family. So you've been friends for, I, I mean, and had this podcast for more than seven years. So what are tips for folks out there that are finding it challenging to either kind of go in this this way of exploring not even the poly world, but the world of of having relationships that are outside of the the typical the, the typical relationship status that we think of when it's just, I don't even want to say open, you, you probably can just assume you fill in the blank. Yes. I would love to start out by taking that, taking that question. Um, I, so there has been kind of this funny thing. So the three of us are not in any sort of like romantic or sexual connection anymore. But the half joke that I always tell is that we feel like we're an emotional triad who are co-parenting a little podcast baby together Because often that's how it feels like. And I think that really gives a clue about what it was that we had to do, which sort of supports the mission of our whole show, which is about redefining relationships, redefining our hierarchy of relationships and redefining the scripts that we use around things like de-escalating a relationship, changing the shape a relationship is in. Because, you know, I think it's the kind of thing of if you break up with someone and you have a child together, it's... I mean, people do this, unfortunately, but it's it's like for the benefit of wanting to still raise a child, you have to figure out a functioning co-parent relationship, right? And it doesn't have to be, oh yeah, mom and dad hate each other because they, they used to be married. And I mean, so many of us in our generation grew up with that and it's like so stressful and so awful. And so, you know, I think on the show, we've always been about customizing relationships and creating relationships that really work for you and work for everyone who's in the relationship as opposed to falling to the default scripts that were given. Whether it's something as simple as, okay, I've broken up with someone and now the default script is I go to my friends and my friends tell me how awful they actually think that person was and that's how we make each other feel better. And maybe that's not what I'm interested in. You know, maybe I still need to be, yes, maybe (laughs) I still need to be in community with this person. Maybe I still need to work with this person. Maybe I still need to co-parent with this person. And so clearly... We need to find different ways to create this relationship. And of course, that being said, I have plenty of exes that I could never do this with at all. Yeah, I think we really were intentional about the way that we came together and left our relationship as well and sort of transitioned into a new 
and just slightly different relationship. I mean, yeah, we don't live together anymore. It, Jason and I, for example, um, we're not in a sexual connection, but we still are extremely committed to our relationship as friends and as uh, co-workers and, I guess, owners of this podcast and this company that we've created together. And that's been really important to us. So I think if you have that idea in your mind that like, let's try to figure out ways in which this connection can still work because it's still important to me, then I think that you can take that wherever you want it to go. That narrative of I, I'm done with this person and therefore that's it. I never want to see them again. Like it doesn't need to just continue on. It doesn't need to be that way just simply because society tells us that that's how most people do things. Unless it needs to be that way because of the sure. hurt yes. or the trauma or like yeah. there's certain reasons why it's like, yeah, absolutely. You don't get to be a, a part of my life, but yeah. clearly that's, that's not, not my experience with these here. two. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, I mean, I think yeah. there was definitely hurt, you know, and mm -hmm. I, yeah, Jace, why don't you go ahead? Well, yeah, yeah Jace, I was just... tell us about the hurt. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Bring me in for that. <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say that, yes, you make a great point that it's not, I, I think that some people think of this idea of staying friends after ending a romantic and sexual relationship as somehow being better, just kind of universally. That's like the better, more enlightened thing to do. And I only think that's true if that person is a good friend, mm. right? Because there are some people I've been with where maybe we had great chemistry otherwise, but we weren't great friends. And then there have been others where it's like, actually, this was a really shitty relationship and a shitty friendship. So definitely not saying everyone should do it. And then even then, I will say it's hard. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, for Emily and myself, we hit this moment because, you know, we were still doing the podcast together every week during this. And some of those sessions were challenging because, you know, there's a lot of feelings going on and a lot of baggage that we carry about what being broken up means and all that kind of stuff. But we hit this point about a year in where we went to go see Florence and the Machine months, together. Okay. Yeah. Cause but I yeah, was we living saw this Florence and the Machine concert. Place. Right, yeah. So, so six, six months. months yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and on the way back from that was kind of that moment where I don't remember if I think Emily, you said to me, you're like, this was nice, actually. Like, yeah. We, yeah, like we finally hit this point where it was, where we'd kind of gotten over that adjustment period to where we could be more comfortable with each other. Mm. And I think it's just grown and, and gotten better since then, mm -hmm. which is awesome. When you finally let yourself actually feel all that pain and all the hurt, you know, after spending so much time trying to tamp it down and trying to be like, no, 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 I'm cool. I'm enlightened. We're connected. It's fine. There's no hurt here. And then actually letting yourself feel that. And I do think that is really important. You know, I, I talk to so many people again, because there is also this perception that it's super enlightened to, to be connected right away and be friends right away. You know, people who literally broke up two days ago and they're like, okay, well, we're trying to be friends. We're trying to talk about like what a friendship means and like how we're going to show up for each other's friends. Yes. And I'm just like, you, know, you got to slow down. Like, it's okay. You know, sometimes you, you don't even know what the hurt actually is until six months later. You can't even put your finger on what the trauma was or what the pain was, you know, and you do need to let yourself feel that. And maybe through feeling that you realize I don't actually need this person in my life. I don't need to stay connected or you realize I want to stay connected to them, but only in this particular way, or you want to reforge some kind of new, like actual genuine new friendship. Like, I don't know, but yeah, I do think that is an important part of it that I think our culture really encourages us to just rush through painful feelings as quickly as possible. Hmm. 
Let's speak to the popular culture. Triads. Finding a third. Yeah, we have done two episodes on this one recently, um, 346, if you all want to check it out. But essentially, this is kind of the low hanging fruit of kind of polyamorous relationships and people opening up, especially cis couples, heteronormative sort of couples, like opening up and deciding, okay, we want to find some hot bi babe to enter into our relationship so that we can have sex with them. And I think a lot of people initially believe that it's going to be much easier having sex or having a relationship with someone while they're together in a couple as opposed to dating separately because, okay, we're both, you know, having this experience together. It's going to be really sexy and really fun and we'll get to learn things about each other and then also include this other person. But in reality, a lot of like challenging feelings and emotions can happen often at the expense of that third person. So I think that's pretty difficult and why many non-monogamous people see unicorn hunting as it is called because the unicorn is like the hot by babe the third person um, because they're mythological essentially that potentially a third person out there would be sexy and also attracted to you know both people and interested in two people at the same time and want to have sex with them um, it just doesn't happen very often but yeah the often when that occurs, it is at the expense sometimes of that third person and feelings get hurt and they're, you know, treated very poorly and potentially the couple decides to dump them eventually and they're sort of left out and, you know, fall by the wayside while the couple gets to, you know, try to find the next thing that interests them. So I think when exploring this type of dynamic, there has to be a lot of thought and care put into it simply because so many things can go wrong in this type of dynamic. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of one of our amazing sponsors, such as Like a Kitten. Valentine's Day will be here before you know it. How many times have you given your partner flowers and chocolate? Public service announcement. It's getting old, y'all. This Valentine's Day, spice things up with Like a Kitten's Couples Box. This box is a one-stop shop for all of your sexy V-Day essentials. Don't waste hours researching lubes, vibrators, and accessories. Just grab a Valentine's Day Couples Box and you will be all set for a spectacular night. This box has everything you need from paintable, edible CBD chocolate to lick off each other's bodies to ticklers or clamps for nipple play. Even a beautiful heart-shaped vibrator, plus your choice of a dual arousal cock ring or a red rose anal plug, and so much more. And right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash shameless or enter code shameless at checkout. Surprise your partner with an amazing Valentine couples box. Just go to likeakitten.com slash shameless or use code shameless to get 20% off likeakitten.com slash shameless. The link is in the episode's description. This podcast is also brought to you by Dipsy. Life calls for a lot of to-dos, emails, laundry, groceries, work. The list goes on and on. But what about putting yourself at the top of your to-do list this year with Dipsy? Dipsy is an app full of sexy audio and written stories to get you turned on anytime, anywhere. No matter who or what you're into, There are hundreds of stories to help you slip away into any scenario you desire. 
Close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and pleasure is the only priority. Explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. Dipsy releases new content every week so you can say fuck yeah to your pleasure and never get bored. Plus, they have much more than hot erotic stories. They have sleep stories and even wellness sessions to help you wind down and drift off. And because you're a shameless sex listener, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com shameless. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash shameless. Dipsystories.com slash shameless. Go get your Dipsy on, y'all. And now back to the show. So what, what happens, what we've noticed at least, is that people will have that desire where it's like, we want to have a threesome. But then they'll think, hmm, I've heard about polyamory and triads. Having reliable access to a threesome that sounds great. So let's actually seek out a third partner who's going to like be part of our lives and we want to do this relationship and form a triad with this other person when really they just wanted to have threesomes. And so they've kind of they've done some false advertising saying this is what we want is to have this type of relationship with this person when really they just wanted threesomes and so they don't think through all of the ways in which they're expecting this person to enter into a relationship with them where they're not going to be treated like an equal. Because what happens a lot of the times is they'll have experiences together, maybe they'll go on dates, but then that original couple, they've got all their like knowing looks and nods and whispers and then in bed at night when they're together by themselves, where especially if they live together, get to talk and process and do all of this. Meanwhile, that third person isn't involved in those conversations while that couple thinks of them as like, oh yeah, they're, they're equally involved. We're being totally fair. You're actually kind of unaware of how much privilege the couple has over that person that you just mm-hmm. take for granted. Cause it's like, well, that's just how we are in the rest of life. So like, why would that be any different? So one of our pieces of advice actually is to get clear on what you want. And if it is just that you want to have threesomes, great. Find someone who wants to have threesomes. Don't try to pretend it's some other thing, mm-hmm. right? Don't try to say we want a triad, we want someone to share our relationship. It's like, no, you want someone to have threesomes with. And that's great. <laughs> awesome. But it's a very different thing. Yeah. And, and I think that ultimately it comes down to, we just encourage people to do the work to figure out what it is that you actually want. Do genuine advertising when you're looking for it, be very honest and even very explicit about this is literally what we're looking for. And then also being aware of just that privilege, right? Um, when you're ne- I, I think from experience what I've seen when you're navigating a threesome or a group sex situation with somebody, with somebody else who also wants that, sometimes that ends up being a little bit easier because we can talk a little bit more frankly about what it is that we want, what we don't want, how we want the experience to go. It gets a little bit trickier when people want to try to seek a triad specifically because once you start getting emotions involved, then often that's when the couple's privilege shows up and there's often pre-standing agreements in the couple's relationship that the third doesn't know about. And so I think all of this to say is, is we're not anti-triad and we're not anti-people wanting triads. It's just you really need to be careful and considerate with people's hearts and minds and bodies. Mm. It sounds like communication is always the key to everything in relationships. And I've always been sort of, I think, turned 
a blind eye to wanting polyamory or even an open relationship because of all the work that it entails. It's a lot of work, especially Yuck. if you want to do it ethically. And That's I fair. am a person. Yeah. I, <laughs> I definitely run away from sometimes the confrontation of, of my own emotions. I'm like a high schooler fucking living, you know, sometimes where I'm like, I want to do this. So you, I believe, have a book coming out, and uh, there is not an actual date. Books are fucking hard to write, so we we are uh, uh, definite victims of this book writing uh, ailment. Will you? But it's also uh, such a gift. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, always. So, and you dive into the the triforce of communication, and you talk about a lot of what you discuss in your podcast. So, can you please talk about this communicative aspect of? forming a not only a triforce but all like what's involved in polyamorous relationships are you all aware of the legend of zelda game series at all yes yeah okay not by experience okay willing to wait you never played nope oh yeah so it's my personal favorite yes (laughs) so uh, which is also an amazing franchise but yeah no the triforce in that game is essentially like it's three different triangles that come together to form like one larger triangle essentially and so we just took that and created the triforce of communication which has three different essentially like tiers three different things that are involved in the full communication tool um so it's just a way in which like say you come home from work one day and you go up to your partner and you talk to your partner about shit like so-and-so at work was a real asshole to me it really sucked and I had a really shitty day and all of a sudden your partner launches into okay well you need to do this next time and you need to do that next time and tries to like give you a ton of advice essentially yesterday yes (laughs) we've all been on the we've all been there yes and Often, that's totally not what you want from your partner in that moment. You want compassion, maybe love, like, you know, a hug. You want them to say poor baby to you and, and, you know, just like, let me fix you some dinner right now or let me get you a glass of wine. Or maybe you simply just want to, like, relate what happened during your day and you don't want anything specific from them. You just kind of want to put it out there into the open. So those are the different tiers of the Triforce essentially. So Triforce number one is simply just saying like, okay, I'm, I'm going to put this out there in the world. This is information. Um, you know, and maybe I'm feeling kind of shitty today and this is the reason why I just want to let you know, I don't need anything from you in the moment. I just want to put this out there so that you are aware of this information Triforce number two is saying like, okay, I, I had this shitty day. I really just need like love and support in this moment. So that's two. Triforce number three is yes, I actually want like some problem solving skills from you in this moment. I want you to help me out with an issue that's happening and like, let's collaborate on that. And so the goal is that if you come home and you have this sort of thing happening, you have like a shitty day that before you even launch into it, potentially you can say, okay, um, I'm just going to, you know, use Triforce number one right now, or I would love Triforce number two from you right now, or Triforce number three, let's try to like problem solve. So that's essentially it. It's just a nice way to like take the guesswork out of what somebody may want in the moment and instead like give them a script, give them a thing that you actually need and be like real meta about your communication in the moment. Triforce is cool that um, you can also use it even if the other person doesn't know about it. 
because you know someone could come and share something with you. Say your your friend comes out, you know your friend comes to you and tells you some story about what's going on in their life. Instead of saying, "Do you want Triforce one, two, or three? If if you understand that there's these three main categories of communication, you can say, "What are you looking for? Do you want support right now? Do you want advice, or you just want to share?" And it's just that easy that then they it's like they get to go, "Huh? I guess." Well, I don't know. I guess I'm just looking for sympathy right now, or yep. you know, I could really use your advice solving this problem. And so it's it's just this really handy tool. Another brilliant thing is so we have um, a private Facebook group for our Patreon supporters, and also a private Discord community for our Patreon supporters. And our community has really taken this tool and run with it. And mm-hmm. I think that that's really really helped to reduce a lot of I think just the natural conflict that comes out of online communities because when people show up and they're like, I'm having this issue in my relationship. This is what my partner's saying. This is what I'm saying. I'm really struggling with this. I just need sympathy. I just need Triforce number two. I just need to hear from people who've been here and understand how shitty it is. And so then people in the community know like, okay, I'm not going to rush in and tell them this is all the stuff that you're doing wrong. This is what you should be doing instead, you know? And so we found that that also has really helped in this, these larger group spaces for people getting what it is that they need. And then the community's also taken and built upon it. So now they've created Triforce number four, which is memes, which is just giving me memes. Or in discussion. Basically right? on post. Yeah. Wait, what? In discussion. Your community created that? You yes. No, the community oh. created that. Yes. So is that not, what do you, so it's not Triforce, then it would be... It's like a fourth dimensional. A square. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Like we're going square. into the plane with the Triforce. Mm. Love it. <laughs> May the Quad Force be with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it, usually it'll be like I had like a terrible day today. You know, like someone dumped me. I'm really in the pits. I don't want any advice. I don't want any sympathy. I'm not just putting it out there. I just said, give me silly memes. T4, give me silly memes. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. May the Triforce be with you meme would would come in yeah, handy. That, that's when it would come in handy. There you yeah. go. Yes. It's a photo of you three together with, I don't know who's at Creating the top, a but someone's at the top of the, yes. Uh-huh. And then it's like, may the Triforce be with It's a ro- It's an animated people. GIF, so it rotates, so someone's always at the top. Oh, I love that. So is it GIF or JIF? Because I heard it's called a JIF, so now, Dedeker, really? now I'm curious, because I've like, been no, calling it JIF. Can I tell isn't you? Yes, can I use for like Jace. graphical... Go I ahead, hate this Jace. so much. This makes me so, so irrationally angry. Oh Here's God. the deal. <laughs> the creators of the format say that it's GIF, but it stands for graphical interchange format. Yeah. So it GIF, graphical, <laughs> it just makes sense. I hate I'm with it. You. It makes me I'm with so you. mad. So you can say either and you're maybe correct, according to someone. <laughs> maybe. Either or either. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh. Potato, potato. Okay. On this episode of Shameless Linguistics. Fuck. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors, such as UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. UberLube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to UberLube. UberLube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product, so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. 
Uber Lube is without a doubt my favorite lube, and countless listeners agree, often stating we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com, use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real vulva owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's wonderful. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. In relationship, and we've taught this, April and I, and we both have learned this, implemented this, and fucked this up five million times. I love that number. In our own relationships, including romantic relationships, business relationships, and friendship with each other and the whole rest of the world. And I I did this yesterday, actually, where someone is like, here, I'm having a hard time. Uh, My response I'll speak for myself often as someone who generally works in the world of uh, some sort of therapeutic uh, sex coaching realm slash is a caretaker, whatever, um, codependent, blah, 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 automatically goes kind of into therapist caretaker mode. Mm. And um, while I know the skills of what you're talking about to be like, are you looking for support? Uh, are you looking to just be heard? Are you looking for advice? And I hear what you're saying, but sometimes easier said than done. Well, I think it all comes back to we really value just meta-communicating. So communicating about your communication. And so that means even when you fuck up, there's still an opportunity there for you to either realize, and I have to whip out this phrase all the time, okay, I realized I hopped straight to advice. I'm so sorry if that's not what you wanted. Was there something else that you wanted? Or, you know, it like gives me an opportunity to check in. Or if I'm realizing I'm getting something that I don't want, I have the opportunity to be like, oh, pause. Actually, you know what? Can we try? Can you actually just give me some sympathy? I think I might want some advice later, but like, let's start with sympathy and then see how that goes. Or I have the freedom to not know as well. I can say, yeah, give me some advice. And then I'm like, actually, that feels really terrible. Let's slow our roll and let's switch things up. It's the same skills, I think, when it comes to consent and negotiating what we're going to do sexually that with the same, you know, we can't make the same assumption of like, okay, you've agreed to it. Therefore you're stuck and there's no negotiating. There's no backing out. There's no realizing, Ooh, actually this doesn't feel as good as I thought it would. And, but I'm still stuck. Like it's the same thing with this communication that we have the opportunities to be mindful and then to meta communicate with our partner. 
And communication, it's such a blanketed term because there's so many levels of communication. There's communicating with the cashier at Walgreens. There's mm-hmm. communication with the people that you love in friendship. And there's communication with the folks that you have in relationships. So there's all of these, as you're talking about the meta communication and this, you're, we're all such data seekers and information seekers. And so how do we apply all of this knowledge and how do we do that? And it sounds like your book that will be coming out uh, will be a helpful tool for people to actually navigate this. So let's talk about tips for non-monogamy. Let's break it down in terms of navigating non-monogamy. And this is a very, I think, multi-layered and multi-amorous subject. So let's talk about that. There's a reason we have like 350 episodes is because it turns (laughs) out. So That's it a deep have barrel. To be like all the tips would be if you could like <laughs> if you could give us like a summary of like your top two to five tips. The two, and again, I mean, non-monogamy first of all is such a big umbrella, right? Because when we just say non-monogamy, that can mean everything from I'm in a don't ask, don't tell relationship, or I'm in a mostly monogamous relationship, but we both get a hall pass when we're out of town for a business trip, or. Uh, I swing with my partner or I have a threesome with my partner once a year or it's I'm polyamorous and I live in the same house with three of my partners and I'm raising kids with them. Like it covers such a wide umbrella. And so it's hard to give super generalized advice, but the best that I can do for someone who's new to this, who's intrigued by this, who's interested in exploring if some form of non-monogamy is right for them, I think the first thing is just that, that data finding, that information finding, you know, do your research. There's Fortunately, compared to 10 years ago when I was first exploring this stuff, there's so many more resources now. Of course, I'm biased towards my own book and our podcast, (laughs) but there's so many fantastic books out there and blogs out there. And I always recommend people just take in as much as you can from all across the spectrum. I mean, I do get a lot of people, especially clients who come to me who are maybe freshly out of a monogamous relationship and they know that they want to explore something other than monogamy. They just have no idea where to even begin or what even would feel good. And so I just recommend people just educate yourselves as much as you can read the books, find the articles, listen to the podcasts, both from like, you know, the swinger podcast to the polyamory podcast, read the relationship anarchy manifesto, you know, like really educate the whole breadth of the spectrum and just get curious about what resonates with you. What brings up, you know, unpleasant feelings, challenge or pleasant feelings, you know, and just start to get to have a sense of what's kind of waking you up inside. And then I think my second tip would be to do your best to try to connect to community in some way. And communities can be hit or miss, especially if you're looking at non-monogamous communities or polyamorous communities, whether that's an online community or an in-person meetup or a munch or something like that. It can always be hit or miss, but I think the more important part is just about meeting other human beings who are actually practicing non-monogamy and getting to hear people's stories and getting to see a sense of, oh, this is how this couple over here does it, but then this solo person over here, this is how they do it. That's also really interesting. And so it's kind of a subset of the research phase, education phase is putting a human face onto it and seeing what you learn. That's my two. What else you got? Team, good luck, fam. <laughs> yeah, no, those were good. Um, I think if you're really interested in being non-monogamous, there is, as you said, uh, a lot of work involved in that. And a lot of the work comes from sort of unlearning a lot of sex negative and heteronormative and monogamous tropes that sort of 
it like just permeate our lives in general, simply because that's kind of the society that we grow up in. It's telling us, you know, sex is bad and to be shameful around things like that. And there's only one way to exist in this world in relationship. And that essentially is a lot of baggage to unpack internally. And I think it's something that even though, you know, the three of us have been doing this for a long time, it's still something that we that we have to struggle with or, you know, internalized gender norms, like even all of those things, just how it is that we look at ourselves as humans and really trying to dissect that and pick and choose what it is that you want in your life that is not necessarily just what everybody else tells you you should look like or should act like or should you know exist in your relationship in said way so i think yeah something that we talk about a lot on this show is picking and choosing like the type of relationship and the type of life that you want so i am in a monogamous relationship but i think that like my time in polyamory has really changed the way in which I navigate my relationship, changed the way in which like my boundaries are held and my own personal time is very precious to me. You know, having all of those things is super important in my life. And I think a lot of that just comes from me knowing that like my life doesn't have to look a specific way simply because I'm in a monogamous relationship. So like Dedeker said, there's so many things out there, so many different uh, the publications and podcasts and media that can help you out with that. Even going to therapy, I think, can unlearn a lot of like bad habits that we've had and, and learned over the course of one's life. And then um, the second thing is I we have a a thing called radar, which is essentially a monthly check-in for your relationships. Um, I saw something on y'all's Instagram where you asked, like, do you have any uh, check-in sort of check-ins for your relationships? And I thought of hours of radar, uh, which is essentially a, our own version of agile scrum. I'm not sure if y'all know what that is. Please explain because you... I don't, I need, yeah. I need some, I need some Jeez, agile you, like, scrum quickly, explanation. Yeah. Can you quickly yeah. tell what agile scrum is and like how it evolved into radar? Yeah, el uh, elevator pitch for Agile Scrum. Sure. Gosh. It's good. Gosh. It's, yeah. So the Agile framework is a business thing. It actually originated in like the automotive industry in Japan mm -hmm. in the 80s or something like that. But it's very the widely real, used in Real software. sexy stuff. Real sexy stuff. <laughs> Super yeah. Yeah. sexy. Automotive industry. It's, yeah. Where it's really caught on though is in software development. And mm. so we came across this blog several years ago um, by a software developer who's in a relationship with her partner is a software developer and that they said, Hey, what if we took this principle of these weekly check-ins that we do at work uh, and we applied that to our relationship. And so they kind of went through the structure and I won't go into all the details because you can check out our episode for how we've then taken that. We did that for a year and then all we in our personal relationships, it. like mm -hmm. we, yeah. we decided yeah. to kind of do a, a lived Soon experiment be in a book. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a whole chapter on that. Yeah. <laughs> but then we kind of refined it to, to make it more relationship focused, like to kind of optimize it even a little bit more. Also for people who work in software, a lot of them, you say, Hey, do agile scrum in your relationship. They go <gasps> and they like break out in hives uh, <laughs> because that's like a work stress thing for them. So it also helps separate it from that world for those people too. So I'm is radar an acronym for something? Yeah. That 
So exactly. Yeah, I can go through the acronym real quick. Like the first one is review. So essentially you're like reviewing the past month. So just kind of quickly looking through, you know, what went really well in that month? Like maybe were you at a fight or did you have a person come into town, for for example, Um, just sort of, you know, looking back at your Google calendar or whatever and seeing everything that occurred during the month. Okay, so the second one is agree the agenda, the first A. Um, And we have a big, long list of a bunch of different categories, things like other partners, travel, fights, sex, stuff like that. You can kind of customize essentially what you want to talk about during this time. Um, And then D is discuss. So that's like really the meat, I guess, of the whole radar where you get into each of those categories, discuss them. Some of the categories are going to go really quickly. You're like, yeah, cool money. We we did great on that this month. And some of them are going to probably be longer. And then finally, the other A is going to be action points. So action points gets into we're going to create actionable like goals, essentially, or things to do this month to maybe improve upon something that happened in the previous month. Or, you know, we're looking to, I don't know, uh, increase, you know, the number of times that we have sex to twice a week or three times a week. And what is an actionable thing that you can do to facilitate that, for example? And then, so finally, the last R is going to be reconnect. And that's a really important step at the end of your radar. You want to come back together and you want to, you know, have a nice moment with your partner. Talk to them about like how much you appreciate them. We used to call this appreciation round, but now it's reconnect because you can reconnect in a variety of ways. If that means that you're going to play a video game together, go on a walk together or, you know, give each other a foot massage, something along those lines. Because a lot of times a radar ends up being really intense and sometimes a lot of, you know, really intense emotions come up. And so you want to come back together in that moment. So, yeah, we we have that. You can go and look at episode 149, but we have a variety of episodes that touch upon this. And then it will also be talked about in our book for sure. So wait, how many episodes total so far today 300 did you say oh we we're, we're above 300 no we're not above 350 the one that came out today oh. was 348 all right oh, oh nice. almost, almost 350. 350 but when this yeah. comes out awesome. when this comes out it'll be over yeah, 350. 350 so yeah. awesome and we have no eta for your book but so okay so many wonderful tips and obviously we could talk about this forever you have a whole podcast about this how can people find you work with you is it just your podcast someday they can buy your book do you work with people like do you do coaching do you do classes what are your offerings and how do they find you Yeah, the best place to find us is multiamory.com. And there you can find all the different things. That's where we'll announce our book once that's happening, but that probably won't be for another year. Uh, That's also where you can find out information about the podcast. Really, if you just type into any search engine, multiamory will will be the top probably few things that come up on there, or it'll be articles about us that link to us. Uh, As far as coaching goes, uh, Dedeker, that's what she does professionally. And we have links to that on our site as well. That'll take you to her site where you can learn more about that. And then we also have uh, transcripts of all of our episodes for people who uh, are either hearing impaired or just don't want to listen to podcasts. Uh, You can also check out transcripts. And for things like Radar, we also have kind of like visuals and and, um, text explanations of those on the site as well. So we have a bunch of different kind of resources 
based on the stuff that we talk about on the podcast. What's your favorite song that has radar in it? Like radar love. Is that the is that the oh, only gosh. song that has radar in it? I think it is. <laughs> that's the only one that keeps coming up to me. I'm like, that's a good that question. Needs to be the theme song. This is a, this is a trivia question. Wait, All right, who, go. Who, who does that? There's a Britney Spears song named Radar. Apparently. Oh, oh what? Okay. Confidence is a must. Cockiness is a plus. Edginess is a rush. Wow, I gotta listen Fucking to this. Queen B. <laughs> yeah. 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 Way to end a podcast on. Loves it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Free Britney. Guest She's appearance playing. from Britney Spears. Uh, yeah. Any girl come on our show anytime. <laughs> yeah, dude. I've been like, trying to free Britney well, right now. So. I think maybe now, I think her, her whole situation. I think she's free. Well, now she's allowed to go on free, as many so podcasts she- as she likes. Hell come yeah. on, Brittany. If you want to be on multi-amory, shame and sex, come on. We come we welcome on. you. Yeah. You are free now. Uh, this was such a pleasure to have you three and learn more about what you offer the world. And you've been doing it for a long time. You are, again, so uh, just multi-amorously amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. Why, thank yeah. you. No, no, not yet. <laughs> but I do, I, I heart hanging out with all three of you. Thank you for spending this time with us. And from all over the world, these three, just check out their podcast. Even if you're not knowing about what they offer, they have so, 340 episodes to date, 350 when this comes out. So you will find something that applies to you in your life. And you don't have to be, be non-monogamous. No, exactly what I'm exactly. saying. You could be just a just a human being that wants to not be a human doing, but a human being. Ooh, okay. Mm. I like it. Good all right, y'all. And if you want to be a human doing some wine, we also have a suggestion for you because you can go to marginswine.com and drink some wine. It's the holidays. That's right. I know I drink more during the holidays. My mom's not proud, but I know I am. And we love Margins Wine because it's boutique small batch wine made by our friend Megan Bell here hey, in Santa Megan. Cruz, California. We love you. Go to our website. Check out all the ways to save. And remember, if you rate us on iTunes and give us five stars, we don't give you a present, but it's the present for the whole world because they can find people like the multi-amorous podcast and the multi-amory, sorry, multi-amory podcast. It's multi-amorous when you want it to be. So go check it out. <laughs> Give us five stars. We read every single review and we love you. You're part of the shameless sex revolution, y'all. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.